Welcome to A Vision for Learning, a proud member of the B Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on all the socials at Jethro Jones. Today, I'm excited to have Jamie Donnelly on the program. She is a passionate technology enthusiast. She began her career as a math teacher and later moved into instructional technology. Her desire to build relationships has created opportunities to collaborate with students and educators around the world. She provides staff development and training on immersive technology and as an ed tech consultant. And her latest adventures include the launch of Global Maker Day and the ARVR and EDU community. She's also an author and speaker on the practical use of augmented reality and virtual reality in the classroom. So I'm excited to have her as a part of a vision for learning. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. And so what from our conversation today is most valuable, you think, for our audience? I think the most exciting thing that we talked about is really looking at how this technology is going to affect the classrooms, how to better prepare for it while also looking through that practical lens of what is purposeful, how do you set up good implementation and how to collaborate across different departments. Yeah, lots of good stuff, talked about a ton. It is great. For me, the valuable thing was hearing you talk about the idea of looking at what your objectives and goals are first and then deciding how to implement the technology after the fact. So rather than saying, here's this shiny tool what can we do with it? Say, what do we want to do and which tool best meets the needs of our kids and our teachers? I think that's a great way to do it. So we'll have my interview with Jamie here in just a moment. Jamie, you're wearing the meta glasses. You got to tell me about that. Are you seeing displays in front of me or can you? I haven't even used those. So tell me about those. So actually they had AR built in initially in this particular model they retracted there at the end. So it was pulled out, but it was supposed to, and it did not have it. And I was bummed about that when I first found out, because I was like, oh, I still want to get them, but that's a bummer for certainly in this iteration, it does not have augmented reality. But then I thought, oh, it'd be fun. But now I'm like, I use them for my exercises. I use them for communication. So anytime I want to talk to somebody, it just comes in right here. It's very private people. If they hear anything, it's like, they know something that they hear, but they can't hear anything yeah. specific. Um, I can listen to music really crystal clear. I hear conversations. They hear me clearer than being on any other type of headset. And I think that just the flexibility, it has my music connected to Apple, my Apple music and has all the connections that I would want. I can actually live stream because you have two cameras here to be able to capture. So I could say, Hey, Meta, take a photo. And there you go. I got a picture of you right there. Cool. Text it to me afterward. I will. Cause I will cause I and I can capture a video. I actually have access to Meta AI. So everything that I would want to know, I can just ask on the fly and speak to them and then ask them to text me with it or ask Meta AI to then text it to somebody else. And even right now, there's actually a vision aspect of it where it can capture a photo and then you're asking for information based upon that photo. What can I wear today? I'm looking through a mirror, things like that. So the flexibility and the technology is actually super seamless. It's super, I want to say non-disruptive. So I think that the I'm using it all the time. It's hard to go without it actually. Yeah. So first I was like, yeah, I got it back in October and I was like, yeah, this is fun. But the more that they've been releasing and the more that I'm getting familiar with it, 
the more I just, I prefer it more than anything else. Yeah. It's really interesting. And like the, the vision pro is definitely not as small or lightweight and Mm -hmm. it's like the best thing that I've seen from it is this idea of locking in. And like, when I put it on, I go into work mode and that for me has been really nice. And over the past few weeks that I've had the vision pro that's been, that's how I know I'm working because I'm wearing this thing. And and I do believe that Apple is eventually going to come out with something 100%. like what you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been, what we're all you've, excited about that. Yeah. It should have been to, from the get go, really. You'd think yeah. after this time and so many years of them working on this project, that's where they would have went. I think that there was just, there's major issues with batteries and the requirement of how it fits. You, they got to see the proof of concepts done by Meta with all of the quests, which I have them all. Um, seeing how they started and where they've gone and then the complaints about on their face and the heat and rubbing and things of that sort on the skin. So they've been able to see all this taking place while they're just patiently waiting before they release. And Apple does, like right, they, yeah. they get it right. And that's, I've been so excited about the Vision Pro for that very reason. Yeah. And I've got to say, I know some people have talked about some discomfort and some feeling of this weight on your face. To be honest, I have not experienced those negative things. It feels quite comfortable. Yes, I know there's something on my face, especially the first couple of days I noticed it, but now it doesn't bother me. And I use it probably three to four hours per day, pretty comfortably. I am almost always on my computer with an extended display. The reason we're not recording this with me wearing it is because it's not quite there yet for doing the kinds, that kind of thing. And so Zoom, for example, donks out after a few minutes. I haven't gotten through a full Zoom call with it on yet. I've gotten through many hours of FaceTime calls and it is actually a delight (laughs) to use during FaceTime calls. So you've been talking about this stuff for a long time. Let's talk about AR in education. And because this is an area that you've been on the forefront of for many years and And what about AR and VR in education makes you excited right now? What are the things you're seeing that, that are just getting you up in the morning and excited about it? You know, I tend to lean on for my excitement. Isn't just the, the latest, greatest technology. I wouldn't say everybody needs a vision pro in their classroom, nor would I say everybody needs a quest. I would say that there is specific use cases But I really get excited about the practical use of the technology. So more often than not using the devices we all have in our pockets already, that to me is going to really hit home for most, for more students, for most classroom situations. And there's no learning curve with some new device, right? So I think that when we're using this kind of technology, I'm super passionate about where can we start right, right away without any problems or barriers that you're going to face. I'm also very much practical about what we bring into the classroom. So jumping in head first is not my approach, nor do I recommend it to other people. I think it is exciting to see new technologies, but really talking through, collaborating with schools and making sure that they understand what they're getting into and how to avoid as many roadblocks that they're going to face. And that is typically something an afterthought after a purchase. Somebody will say, hey, we bought a thousand of these. And it's, oh my gosh, do you realize what you just did? 
So there's this caution that I have for people that I, I would really love to chat with you. And I always, I probably on a weekly basis, do I chat with schools and talk through some of the things that they're implementing. So I love being a part of that. But most importantly, Jethro, I think that most people don't think about is that they haven't actually created any objectives or goals. And yeah. so that part, I really love being a part of, because once we can clearly identify what they want to accomplish from any technology, then helping them gather the right tools, seeing where the students are truly struggling, helping them reach those needs in ways that they could not do without the technology, that part really gets me excited. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because that's been my approach with technology as well. What is it that you're really trying to do? And then the tool we can find to make that happen. And what's great about AR and VR is that there's more opportunities now for you to do something. And But that doesn't mean that's the only opportunity or that's the always the best thing. Just to segue into artificial intelligence real quick, one of the things that I've just loved about AI is that creating unique and personalized experiences for every student is so much easier with AI than it has been in the past. It used to be a big load on the teacher's shoulders to do that. And now it's a piece of cake because you say create 30 different scenarios for this one problem. And I want it to be according to this table. Joey likes these kinds of things. Eloise likes football. Michelle likes this. And being able to tie it into those things that are then personalized for those kids, that kind of stuff is just powerful. And what a great opportunity to be able to use that to customize and personalize for our students. You know, what's so funny is I'm thinking clearly on the opposite end that you're giving out a lot of information about that student. So being extremely prepared and trained on how to make sure you are getting the benefits of AI without giving too much information that could be really sensitive information about those students, whether it be accessibility issues, whether it be their interests that now become targeted ads at them, whatever that might be in the future. Like I I am so cautious about like this. I love AI. I share on AI, right? But I also see that equally balancing out the risk, right? And recognizing what potential information can be out there. So while personalization today might be possible because we're giving this information, what does that mean for tomorrow when it comes to that same information being used against them, if you will? Maybe those tests actually recognize where somebody is struggling and it makes assessments that pressure that struggle, right? Who knows? Like you just think about somebody actually using or leveraging this information in a wrong way. And that's possible too. It's really interesting. And I, again, I feel like there's a balance with AR and VR too. That there's people that ready or to jump in and try these new things. They're ready to give every kid a meta Ray-Ban glasses. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. AI built in. Let's think about like your student speaking into that system, if you will, and what kind of concerns there might be. Do we love meta for its privacy? No, no, we don't. So all of these questions, I think, are really important. One, to establish a trust within our communities. And two, to know where this technology has a potential of going. There's great things. And then there's risks, too. And you got to weigh out those risks. Yeah. And it's important to look at the risks as well and not just think that because a technology exists that it's all 100% good. So let's talk about that layer that you talked about with helping people know like what their goals are and objectives are. 
what is the process that you go through to help someone look at that as they're evaluating a piece of technology? I usually recommend starting with the struggle. Where are your particular students struggling year after year, which usually is attributed back to the teacher, right? So that's hard to reflect on sometimes, but you got to say, and I know for me, I really struggled with certain concepts to be able to teach because maybe I didn't have a great foundation on that concept. As a former math teacher, if they didn't have that really solid foundation, how were they supposed to learn something more advanced when they couldn't even get the concepts here? They're learning a song and a dance, if you will. But I think that's where this technology can really support those learners to understand in greater depth. So going back and reflecting on, let's talk about it. Where do you notice in scores, your benchmark exams, whatever it might be, where do you notice that your students consistently struggle year after year? And oftentimes they'll be like, oh yeah, and they can name it pretty easily. This is my area or their area of weakness. And then you can say, okay, that's super abstract. That's hard for them to understand. So how do we bring this back to something tangible for them? How do we really make sure we're aligning with what they enjoy doing? Some kids would never put on a headset. Some kids get really sick in a headset, but let's talk about maybe when it comes to the augmented reality and what kind of devices do you have available? So while this may be even good in theory in the area you want to approach and budget for in the future and have discussions about, this is what you have today. So where can we start to help them reach those goals? There's oftentimes those are the questions that we start having and initiating the general ideas of where they're going. And then once they've really started becoming masters in those certain areas, they're ready to move on and expand. 90% of our teachers, they don't want to do AR, VR every week, nor should they, right? I think there should be a variety of things. Anything I recommend in AR or VR, there should be a supplemental hands-on activity, worksheets that they're supporting, group collaboration that's happening, mastering some projects that they're doing, all of those factors that are aligned with learning it so that you're meeting the various learning preferences for our students. So I think that it usually boils down to us just having those conversations and then those things really start getting revealed quickly. Yeah. And one of the challenges that we face is that we see the shiny tools or some new toy and we're like, oh, I got to adopt that and figure out how to use that. I got to bring this in my classroom and then the professional development piece about how to use all these different tools and when to use them and when's appropriate and when's not appropriate and looking at the risks and the challenges, those are all challenging also. And one of the things that I've said for a long time is that technology makes a good teacher great and a bad teacher even worse. And it's a polarizing thing. Do you agree with that or disagree? What do you think? Say Restate that and let me get my head around exactly yeah. what I think. Rather than just throw it at you and then ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. So what I think is that technology makes a good teacher even better because they already have the foundational skills and it makes a bad teacher even worse because if they're already a bad teacher, then bring technology in isn't going to close any gaps. It's going to expose the areas where they're already weak. Yeah, I think that's certainly true. I think that sometimes... I've had experiences because I was an instructional technologist when I was in my last school districts. Sometimes it inspired them to become better teachers. So it was like this aha moment where they got to see the benefits of using certain technologies. What it was like, wow, my kids love this. Look how much they're growing from this. Maybe I 
need to really embrace this instead of just being stuck in my little narrow window of what this should and shouldn't look like. So sometimes I've seen some good things come from it. It all really depends. I think it really, it just all depends on how they're using it. If they're using it in the right way for a good or bad teacher, I think there's potential for benefit for our students. Um, if they're using it in the wrong way, good or bad teacher, I think that there's some serious risk of, of damage, right? It comes down to training. It comes down to really, I think, collaboration, in my opinion. I don't think anybody should be doing any technology in silo. I think it really does take the de those departments collaborating, working together, as well as across your teachers, your peers. But it really does also, it does take skill. It does take time to understand and feel confident using new tools. But sometimes those tools can be very simple tasks that they can bring in that really make a powerful difference. I hope, and I guess I, my hope in that is that it turns a bad teacher into a good one because I think it could be an inspiration for them to want to be better. Yeah, I think that's, I think everybody hopes that, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and not I really, yeah. yeah, not always the case, but I do really believe that it does have the potential to do that. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that the technology itself is, I don't think the technology right. itself is going to change right. learning for someone. It's not going to change teaching for someone. And if we've seen with kids and cell phones that if they don't have the skills to manage their emotions and their, their self-discipline about using the phone, like <clears throat> My wife is in a text thread with some youth who, who do some stuff in our church. And she got a text message from one of them at two o'clock in the morning. And she was like, what is going on? You should not be texting at two o'clock in the morning yeah. as a teenager. And you shouldn't even have your phone during that time. Because our kids don't have devices at that time. And all of our devices are charged in the living room rather than in bedrooms. And so those are like the things that we do to make sure that uh, we're keeping our kids safe, that we're doing smart things, but that extends to schools as well. And just throwing technology in somewhere is not the best thing to do all the time either. 100%. So before, before we sign off, I do want to talk about your, you've got two books about AR VR. The first one is called Learning Transported Augmented Virtual Mixed Reality for All Classrooms. And the second one is called The Immersive Classroom, Create Customized Learning Experiences with AR and VR. Now, yeah. we don't have time to go into everything about that, but what are the big ideas that you're sharing in these books that that you want people to get from them and how they should could use these tools in their classrooms day to day? Yeah, the first book was really just a hook, right? Get interest and in defining what this technology is because there still was just not a whole lot of awareness as to what it was. So really defining it, giving the resources if they were interested in pursuing more to get them started with some basic lesson plans, some just sparking the interest, if you will. The second book was really digging into making customized content or opportunities using this technology, the power behind it, the stories behind it, how was it impacting lives? So there were some accessibility aspects into it, the digital citizenship part of it, the purpose behind it and the power. I just, I think that moving from, hey, this is where we start and this is where you get the context of what this can do in the classroom to where should we go in, in the future? We're using this technology. What is the power behind it is really intended in the next book. Yeah, very good. On that note, how easy is it for a teacher to 
create experiences with AR and VR. It seems like it would be an expensive, complicated endeavor. Yeah, it's really not. I think there's a lot of creation tools out there to be able to build and design. I don't always say that's where we need to start because I think getting the fundamentals of understanding the technology, but uh, we usually started experiences, right? We're experiencing something. We're taking in that information. And then from there, you start really saying, I need to build something that matches what our needs are. So then you really have the creation aspect starting to come into play once they become a little bit more mastered and in, into the technology. So I love sharing CoSpaces. CoSpaces is a tool where you can create content, augmented and virtual reality. It is so fun. It's like the Roblox for students, but it's education. And it is such a fantastic space to be able to design and build and collaborate together to build 360 concepts or learning augmented reality, virtual reality for them to go in and explore on multiple devices. It's flexible for Chromebooks. I think that's a biggie when we're talking about some of this technology and what devices are in the classroom. So there's just a lot of really great benefits to using that tool. And it's such a simple tool that students will literally overspend. They will go home and work on it in the evenings yeah. and on the weekends. You cannot get those kits. Then. So it is a fantastic purchase because you certainly get the benefit of using a tool like that. Yeah, that's good. I like hearing these examples of things that people are using because even before we started recording, we both shared companies that are doing cool things that we hadn't even, neither of us had heard of before. And yet both of us are intimately aware of. And so CoSpaces is one of those that I hadn't heard of yet. And so I'm glad to see something new and, and that's awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for being part of a vision for learning. Where would you like to direct people to learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah, they can check me out at my website, arvrinedu.com. So arvrinedu.com. Lots of blog content, walk you through how to use tools, step-by-step links, use cases, and all of the above. Also, I want to recommend a really incredible platform that's 100% free for classrooms, and that's the Verizon Innovative Learning Platform. I don't know if you've checked that out, Jethro, but they have so many augmented and virtual reality tools, including the McGraw-Hill AR app that I've been sharing out like crazy, tons of amazing experiences for our students in the classroom. So definitely check them out because there's so many additional resources out there for them to go and explore completely free. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff there. I have checked that out before. Jamie, thank you so much for being part of A Vision for Learning. It was great to chat with you today. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much.